Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. With Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Your social media is like a reality TV show. Who are you? Like, instead of doing what it is that you feel like you need to do to be popping, be who you are. Because what you're going to do is you're going to attract the people that care about the things that you're into. And right then you're building an audience, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like you say, you, you're in the, you're in the sports or, um, and you, you're, you're talking sports and you have a huge following of people that lo- love to hear you talk about sports. Um, and there's a big basketball tournament coming in town. Mm-hmm. So I want to come to you. Like, I need, I want you to come be a part of it because they know if you come, everybody tune in to you talking about the sports, they acquire all that. But if you wasn't doing it, you wouldn't know that you had your own yeah. your audience. So it yeah, be it, resource people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so much, man, that a lot of people uh, take for granted when it comes to social media. Yeah. So that's, it's a very powerful tool. Yeah. But you got to use it the right way. You got to use it. Yeah. Are you looking to buy or sell your home, but not quite sure if now is the right time? Well, contact Morgan & Co. and allow them to help you make that decision. Morgan & Co. is a leading top producing company in Central Virginia. Contact Morgan & Co. today at 804-874-6806 or anytime, day or night, at www.morganandcorealty.com. Now back to the episode. Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship of of course, I'm your host, Dr. K, and I have with me today somebody very special. You probably already recognize him, but it's DJ Lonnie B. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for joining me. It's an honor, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, introduce yourself. Um, Well, you know, like you said, uh, my name is DJ Lonnie B. Uh, Lonnie Battle is my uh, government. Um, I've been DJing all my life. Um, the only thing more important to me than music is family, you wow. know, and um, yeah, I've been blessed enough to live the majority of my life doing something that I love. You know, you know how they say, uh, if you, you're doing what you love, you, it feels like you never worked a day in your life. So, that's right. you know, one of those lucky people, or blessed people, to be able to say that that's the life that I've been living. Yeah, definitely blessed, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you say you've been doing it your entire life. When did you start? I started I started DJing in like 88, 89. That's when I started learning. Um, DJ Drake taught me when we were in high school. So, yeah. you know, well over 30 years, and I've been on the radio now on commercial radio for 23 years okay. uh, as of uh, December the 3rd. Okay. Yeah. And uh, commercial radio for 23 years. Yeah. 
And what, 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 but it there was, must be a different type. So what's yeah, commercial? So before that was college radio. I did college radio for uh, like three years um, at the University of Richmond. That's where my, my radio career started. Okay. Yeah. So you attended University of Richmond as well? No. You, so Mike Street, uh, you know, crazy, uh, yeah. crazy story. Like Mike Street, um, you know, shout out to Mike Street. Because when I think of Richmond radio, Mike Street is, he gave birth to so many of the people that you hear on radio now. Okay. Um, you know, he had a, a, a college radio show called the UR House Party that came on every Sunday. And it was like one of the few places that played uh, hip hop music around that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, before that, uh, El Bravador, Sir RJ and the Z-Rock, who they had a show. But around this time, Mike Street was the only person that had a show. And he invited a lot of rappers and, and DJs up there. Um, so I met Mike Street as a rapper. Uh, I went up there with DJ Drake and they let me rap on the radio. Uh, eventually he knew, found out that I was a DJ. So I think maybe around 95, Mike Street got the phone call from Power 92 mm-hmm. to come from college radio to commercial radio. He needed someone to fill his space there. And he gave me the opportunity to do that. So that is how my, my radio career started. So even though at five o'clock here in Richmond on the radio, you hear both of us at the same time. And sometimes people may think that it's a competition. Like yeah. Mike Street is like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? So it, to me, it'll never be a competition because I know for a fact that if it wasn't for him, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be on that box. You know? Yeah. And it's not really a competition if you're uplifting and building each other. Most right? definitely. So it's, it's all for the for the community. Most most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you know that that was your love or your passion? Even though you've been doing this since a young age. Um, I've, I've always just loved music. I've always loved hip hop. Um, but even before hip hop, it was um, Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah. When I was young, I wanted to be like Michael Jackson. I had the Jerry Didn't curl. We all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I had the Jerry curl. I had the jacket. Uh-huh. I had the moves. Um, I had everything except for uh, the glove. My mom used to give me her burgundy isotoner, but that had to do during the time. Okay. But um, yeah. But you know, I just love music. And I love love performing. You know, I love the energy you get from performing in front of people. My my uncles and them, whenever they had company. <laughs> You know, they would put on a Michael Jackson song and just tell me to, you know, go. And, and I think from that, you know, I just wanted to continue to do it. So um, first I started rapping. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, it was a DJ thing. Okay. And how'd you get into rap? Um, Again, just, just wanting that attention. My uncle um, worked at this club called the Tropicana. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like 89, 88, 89. Um Around the time, like I was doing both DJing and rapping around the time they were looking for a DJ. So my uncle introduced me, but I was scared and I wasn't ready. So I said, I know a guy named DJ Drake because Drake was teaching me. And Drake ended up being a DJ at this legendary club. What makes it legendary is they had a legendary rap contest. And uh, I rapped in it a few times, but this is the actual club that DOS Effects rapped in the rap contest and got the record deal with EPMD. So, um, you know, that is... Um, that, but I, I said all that to say, um, they asked me to rap in, in a rap contest. I did it. And the response I got from rap and again, it was just like, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, keep this feeling. Yeah. You just felt it. Yeah, you, knew, yeah. you knew it was Most the, the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who did you have that was nurturing you? I mean, you talk about your mom and it's important that we nurture the passion in our kids, but, yeah. but was she the main Definitely the, main, main, definitely the main force. As far as the you know the DJ thing, um, she was 
the one person that 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 sacrificed and bet it all. Like she knew I wanted to be a DJ. The one thing that my mom always poured into me was God bless a child that got his own. She hated when I would borrow things from my friends, mm-hmm. and right when I was getting into it, they would come take it away from me. Yeah, you know, and uh, so. She always preached to me like, God bless a child that got his own. So when I graduated from high school, I wanted to go to college. She couldn't afford to send me to college mm-hmm. because, you know, even though she was a single parent, they said that she made too much money to get any type of assistance. Yeah. So right on that cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She couldn't afford it. So mm-hmm. she said to me, if I sit out this semester and go next semester, she'll give me those turntables that I've been waiting for in January. Um, of course, January came around. She didn't have the money to send me to school again. Yeah. She didn't have the money to get the turntables. But, you know, to, trying to be a woman of her word, she didn't pay the mortgage mm. to, and you know, sacrifice paying the mortgage to get those turntables for me. Wow. So, you know, that gamble was the reason that I'm here right now. So she, she was your first investor? 100%. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Did you feel um, some sense of obligation or what did it feel like? Did you even know, first of all, that she sacrificed the mortgage? Or did you find out that later? I found out later. Found out I later. found out later. But, um, <clears throat> you know, even still, you know, I, I was just a kid. So, you know, I mean, not 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 as much of an adult as I am now. So, you know, yeah. when you, you really understand responsibility mm-hmm. and all the things that she had on her shoulders uh, as a single parent, you know, she was raising, yeah. you know, myself and, and my brother. Uh, you know, it, it definitely means a lot more now when I look back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you feel like that pushes you or is it still just your passion that pushes you right now? Yeah. Is it like an obligation in the back of your mind that says, you know what? My mom poured into me and she sacrificed for this, so I can't let it go. Or is it just solely your passion pushing you? It's a little bit of both. I mean, definitely uh, my passion drives me. Mm -hmm. Um, My fear of failure makes me go even harder. Like, you know, um, you know, I never want to get comfortable. Like even when, you know, people look at a lot of the things that are going on in my life, you know, I've, I've, I've had an incredible year to come out of COVID and a lot of people may look and say, you know, he's blessed. He's this and that I'm sitting back thinking about what can I do better? What more can I do? You know, it's, it's no time to ever get comfortable and be in cruise control because there's a lot of people waiting in the wing trying to, you know, pick apart your ideas or trying to take your position. So, um, yeah, so my, my passion and understanding that what I do not only provides for my family, but to be uh, a kid from a single parent household, mm-hmm. I graduated from high school, never went to college, and I still found a way to become, you know, somewhat successful. You know, I think somewhat, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, I think it's important for kids to be able to see that. Everybody's yeah. not going to be able to go to college, but that don't mean that you can't make it if you're passionate about something. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about um, how you how you always want to elevate and make yourself better. Yeah. And I remember one time seeing you out in an event and the audio wasn't quite right. Speakers weren't quite working yeah. right for you. And um, you packed it up and said, you know, this wasn't <laughs> a gig for you. Yeah. And um, that, that spoke a lot to me. Because uh, you're not going to let anything jeopardize your brand That's and jeopardize it. your name. You, you you hit it right on the head. The brand, like my my brand is is everything. And you know, the promoters or the venue rented the sound equipment. Mm-hmm. I was performing on the sound equipment. Nobody there knew that. So whenever the sound went out, everyone looked at me. Yeah, like it was me that was messing up. And I 
didn't want to jeopardize my brand. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. So they they understood it. They still paid me. Oh, okay. and, they, and they got it right the next time. If they wasn't, if they weren't going to pay you, would you still made the same decision? Or like, how does that work for you? They would. They would have paid me. No, no, I'm just yeah, yeah. hypothetically like, is is your brand that important to you? And how do you make those decisions? Yeah, my, my brand is definitely more important than a paycheck. Like yeah. one opportunity, I would never sacrifice my brand for one bad opportunity. You yeah. know, no, because you never know how that opportunity will affect your brand moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So you were talking about DJing or music, yeah. not DJing, but music is second to your family. Most definitely. Um, about your family, I know uh, you got amazing daughters. Thank you. You got any sons? Well, yeah. Once my, I have a five-year-old son. A five-year-old son. Yeah. Okay. And then um, what do you um, like to pour into them to keep them, you know, motivated? Are you, do you feel like sometimes you push them into college because you didn't go? Or do you feel like you push them into entrepreneurship? Cause you- uh, I push them t- uh, toward their passion. You know, so if your passion is go to school, go to school, Um, you know, so I am the follow your passion, find something that you love and go that route, because that's the life that I was blessed to live. My wife is very big on education because she went to school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think that there is a happy medium, you know, uh, for instance, my oldest daughter, Alani, uh, she graduated from Longwood already. Aaliyah is about to go to school. And the one thing that I'm telling Aaliyah is. You're already a DJ. Mm. Um, if you want to go to school, go to school for something like marketing. Go to school for something like uh, business management. So if you're blessed enough to get a job in that field, cool. If not, you can pour that same knowledge that you learned in school into your own personal career yeah. and then build it up from there. You know. Yeah. So it's you know it's, it's, there's too many people who I know that go to college because that's what we're programmed to do, and they go to yeah. school. They get a degree and then get a job in something that has nothing to do with that degree. And then they spend the rest of their lives paying back college loans, yeah. doing something that had yeah, they, nothing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's no, just, yeah, yeah I, I don't, that's the one thing I want to make sure I um, keep my kids from getting in that, on that, that hamster wheel. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. If not, let's try to find something, yeah. you know, that you're passionate Yeah, I think about. now we're coming out of that cycle um, because, like you said, that's the way we were taught. Yeah. Like, everybody said, you know, you go to school, get a good education, you get a good job. Yeah. But now it's it's kind of like, look, now we're realizing that, like you said, you can leverage that education to do what you're passionate about, or you can just skip it all together and, and pursue your passion. Yeah. And, and it works out for so many people. Most definitely. Um, another thing that I try to point to my kids is, um, you know, even if you're not blessed enough to live a life where full time you're doing something that can, you know, that you can provide for yourself doing something that you love. Mm-hmm. You got to have something that uh, that brings in a little bit of money that somebody can't fire you from. You know, mm-hmm. to me, that's the ultimate goal. Like uh, right now, as Lonnie B, the DJ, I work for Power 92. Mm-hmm. Power 92 could fire me from being a DJ on Power 92, but Power 92 could never fire me from being Lonnie B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can always continue to go out here, brand, sell myself, um, do a lot of bunch of different things. So I'm never at the mercy of someone uh, giving me a job to be able to to make money. You know, that's, that's the same thing as like a photographer. Like as a photographer, yeah. you can work at a photography studio where they let you go. You're still a photographer. Um, so I think everybody needs, you know, something like that. So that's one thing I do uh, preach to my kids. You talk about like um, not being able to be fired 
from one, you can't be fired from your passion, right? Exactly. They can't take that from you. Yeah. But uh, how do you operate with the business of DJing? Because I know a lot of DJs who've been DJing 10, 20 years and um, they're lucky to do, you know, a house party, you know, yeah. or something like that. So what is it behind the business of DJing that helps you be successful? It's the brand, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have to figure out what's going to make you different, you know, um, you know, uh, shout out to uh, Danger Mouth and Bill McGee. Uh, early on when we, you know, formed the Super Friends, they taught me so much about the business of music and branding. Okay. In 1995, I've owned LonnieB.com since like 1995. Wow. Yeah, you know, people weren't even really on the internet, yeah. you know, people were using AOL <laughs> dial-up then, yeah. but, you know, I've owned it then. And, um, you know, the importance of owning, you know, everything. I, I want DJ Lonnie... When it comes to my brand, for instance, I don't want anything but DJ Lonnie B on any platform. So I, I need to be DJ Lonnie B on Instagram, yeah. on Facebook, on you know any any platform. If I can't get it, I won't even sign up for it because I don't okay. I don't ever want to be DJ Lonnie B eight hundred four on this, DJ Lonnie B VA on this. Uh-huh. When someone is looking for you, if they they see me on TV, they should be able to type my name in any platform and automatically pull right me up. up. Yeah, so. Um, What's the, I'm so old. TikTok. Yeah, so TikTok. for instance, uh-huh. I wanted uh, DJ Lonnie B on TikTok. And some kid had DJ Lonnie B on TikTok. Oh, so man. I refused to do it. At the Heavy Hitter Retreat this year in October, I was sitting at the table with DJ Enough. And I was explaining it to him. So we pulled it up to go see the, the little kid I was talking about. He had changed his name. So when he changed his name, I was actually able to up. snatch it up. So oh, I'm finally on TikTok. I haven't posted anything yet, right. but... You know, again, so, but, yeah. but but they hear that. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so more go to TikTok, yeah. follow TJ Lonnie. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, but that's smart um, to to be consistent like that because I yeah. do see a lot of brands mm-hmm. um, that that change it on every platform, and then it makes it hard for them to follow. Mm-hmm. And um, the the other thing I think we were we were t- touching on the whole business side of things. Uh, you got to know your value. You got to know your value mm-hmm. and respect your value. Um, unfortunately. A lot of the DJs coming up now are more concerned with the popularity than the business side of things. So they would rather say, okay, I'm DJing 10 parties uh, this week, but you're DJing 10 parties for $100, $50 a piece. Mm. When there's another person that's only DJing two parties, but they're DJing those parties for $1,000 a piece. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Um so it's it's just a small things like that, understanding your value and being able to say, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do it if you're not paying me my price. If that's not your budget, then all right, cool. Maybe we can revisit it when um, your budget comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the other part is you have to be able to prove that you're worth that amount of money, you know. So yeah. and when the promoters aren't paying you, throw your own event, because eventually what will happen is if you throw your own event and they see that you're making money without them. Then they want to make money with you now. So when you go to them and say, I charge this much, they understand that whether they pay you or not, you have a way to make that money. So lowballing, you ain't going to work no more. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of DJs, you know, unfortunately, they're living their careers at the mercy of the the change. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. change that these these promoters <laughs> are throwing at them, you know? With... um. The partnership that you create, whether it's a club promoter or a venue or something, how do you form that relationship? Is that something you reach out and, and form or are they coming to you? 
It's a little bit of both, you know what I'm saying? Um, either way, whichever way it's formed, you got to make sure you, you're bringing something to the table as well as, mm -hmm. you know, they're bringing something to the table. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the beginning, if no one knows your name or, or doesn't care, it's a lot harder to go to a venue and say, this is why you need to, to use me. Um, once you're able to build up your value, now you have to look at what does this person, you know, bring to the table? Um, I started throwing parties myself as a, uh, a DJ. I was a DJ and a promoter. Okay. So I, I understood how much money could be made at the door. Mm -hmm. So aside from what I get paid to DJ, if I charge a thousand people $20 at the door, that's how much money I can make. So if I know that I'm popular enough to bring people out, why would I let you pay me a thousand dollars to put my name on a flyer yeah. to bring a thousand people out and make twenty dollars and you walk away with nineteen? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh -huh. so once you figure that out, it's like, okay, now what is it, what do you bring to the table as a business person? So if you're a club owner, I could bring the people out, but you have a building, so I don't have to pay for the building anymore. Mm -hmm. And we might be able to do a percentage on the alcohol sales or something. So now you're bringing something to the table. I'm bringing something to the table. It's a win-win. So. Yeah. So it's a true partnership. It's yeah. not just, uh, you know, getting hired for a job or a gig. It's yeah. Like we're going to come together. And, or someone, you know, mm -hmm. someone benefiting off of it for really not doing much, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But like, it goes back to what you're saying. Know your value. You got to know your value. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't sell yourself short. If you don't believe it, then why would anybody else? Yeah. You know, when you got into uh, what was commercial radio, have you been on commercial radio ever since? Yeah. Or was there any drops? Uh, nah. Know, well, you know, you know, it's crazy. Well, when COVID hit, you know, COVID hit, I, I had been on the radio, you know, every week of my life from 1998 mm -hmm. until, uh, you know, when COVID hit in 2020. Man. When COVID hit in 2020, a lot of things were affected because, you know, radio is a business where they make money off of advertising. Yeah. And with so much shutting down, people didn't have anything to advertise, you know? Um, so because of that, you know, it just trickled a trickle down effect. So a lot of people got let go. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God, they didn't let me go, mm -hmm. but they did put me on ice. So for the first time in my entire radio career, I was off the radio. And to be honest, I thought that, you know, this was just going to be the buffer. They were going to keep me on ice for a minute. Then, Five, six, you know, months down the line, come back and tell me, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. you know, this is it. The unfortunate thing to me was, you know, I spent over 20 years of my life and I didn't get to, you know, end that career with a period or exclamation point. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and just when I thought it was over, I got a phone call from a friend of mine uh, named Jay Tech. And, um, you know, we had started talking. Well, he wasn't my friend at the point, at that moment. He reached out to me, started asking me questions. He ran a radio station down in North Carolina. Okay. Um, at that point, he was like, well, do you want to do radio down here? I was like, bet. He said, you send me the mixes. He put me on two radio stations down there. Then I got back on the radio in Richmond. Then I got a phone call to do radio in Houston. Then I got a phone call to do radio in Charlotte wow. and Ohio. So at one point, I was thinking that my career was over. And just like that, I'm on eight radio stations across the nation, like to this, to this morning. So currently you're on. Currently I'm on eight radio stations across the nation. Man, congratulations. Yeah, thank you, bro. God, thank you, man. Yeah. So a blessing came out of yeah. what you thought would be a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't upset. I was like, if if this is how it has to end, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I'm not mad at it. And then, yeah. you know, look at what happened.
That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blown <laughs> yeah. away you stuck me with that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. But um, so that's important because you you could have really looked at that situation and kind of like um, you, you've seen somebody storm out of their job before, right? Yeah. Cuss out the boss yeah. and all of that stuff. You burn that bridge. Yeah. And you could have really looked at it as a bad thing. But you said, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm a realist, bro. So I, I look at situations, you know, um, I forgot the person that took, gave me the piece of advice, but one thing I live by is keep the passion, mm-hmm. lose the emotion. And I always look at um, everything. So when I look at the bigger picture, the reason that they had to do it, it was not anything personal against me. It wasn't because of my performance. It yeah. wasn't because of my ratings. If you understand business, it just didn't make business sense. So how can I be mad at them because they're making a business decision mm-hmm. to help make their business make more sense? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not a real person if you think that you're above something like that. So I looked at it and, and at least I knew it wasn't personal. I was I was able to, you know, take that pill and swallow it. Yeah, kind of realizing it's not all about you. Exactly. So yeah, yeah so I had no reason to storm out there. Um, you know, I had great relationships. Um, you know, I talked to the general manager, my program director, mm-hmm. and you know, I stayed in contact with him and let him know, you know, in the meantime, if there's anything I can do, you know, I'm here, just give me a call. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're working um for the eight radio stations, or, mm-hmm. or not working for, but being on these eight radio mm-hmm. stations, does that require more travel out of you, or no? Everything you know, especially you know, just like everybody else in the world was working from home. Mm-hmm. I, I did the same thing. So all of my mixes, for the most part, were done in my house, either at my house or my studio downtown. So I will pre-record the mixes and just mm-hmm. email them to the different radio stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, at some point, they, they might want. Um, a presence, right? Or a tour or something like that? Does does that happen? Not yet. You know, I mean, again, okay. it's, it's, you know, um, the world is opening back up. I did get a, a phone call to come to Ohio. Um, I did do the auto noise in uh, Raleigh, you know, so I, I do think that part of uh, being on the radio definitely helped the outcome yeah. of that because at that point they've, they've heard me DJ mm-hmm. a, a little bit more, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. We did, um, you did Raleigh. You also did Atlanta. Too, I did right? Raleigh. I did um, Raleigh, Atlanta, and Charlotte. Yeah. I'm trying to think that we do anywhere else this year. Um, and, of course, Richmond. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I love the experience every time. Thank and you. And I, I like the way y'all do it with a surprise. Yeah. Like, um, uh, the first one I ever went to, I was sketchy. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to buy a ticket to something. <laughs> and I don't know who's going to be there. But, mm-hmm. you know, blown away and I, I catch as many as I possibly can. You know, mm-hmm. I always go to what, Well, if this is what I would tell a person <clears throat> that, you know, that with that, that mentality, yeah. I would rather you not come because, Damn. you know, at, at the end of the day, no, and, and yeah. it's respectfully because the experience is more about the party uh-huh. than it is the artist. The artist is just something extra. If the, the artist comes on and performs for 15 minutes. Yeah. So even if I bring three artists, you're talking about a 45 minute window mm-hmm. out of five hours. I want you to enjoy yourself the whole night. And, you know, I would hate for you to come there just for that one artist, and, yeah. you know. But we do. Mm-hmm. And and that's, um, like you said, the experience. I mean, we play cards. Mm-hmm. I smoke a cigar. Uh-huh. You know, plenty, um, you know, vendors and stuff out there. So we do have it as an experience. But my first time coming, that's what I was saying. Like, which, without, which, without which, knowing. Which one was your first one? You remember who came? Dog. No, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't remember who was at the first one. Okay, okay, yeah. 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 But I had a good time. No, nah, no, nah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad, yeah. brother. You could, again, for me, mm-hmm. that's important to me. If mm-hmm. if there's a thousand people there, yeah. and of course, you're, you're never going to please everybody. That's one thing I know for a fact. But if there's a thousand people there and 998 people tell me how incredible mm-hmm. it was, 
when the two people that don't like it, I really want to, you know, figure out what it was, you know, that they didn't like. And if it's something that I can explain to, you know, this is why it was this way or, you know, I'll keep that in mind, you know, yeah. next time. Like, that's just as important. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I wouldn't blow them off because there's only two of them out of 900 people, you know, because I always want to, you know, do whatever I can to make it the best experience. Yeah. So. I, I saw you uh, recently, too, at the um, at the illumination. Yeah. Right. So uh, you even kill a Christmas party. <laughs> like, that's that's rare, man. So that was that was good. It wasn't uh, the traditional Christmas vibe. You know, it was mm-hmm. a great experience, too, for that. Yeah. So, again, it, it goes back to, you know, when I was telling you just the whole brand thing and and your performance. What's going to make you different? You know, so a, a lot of the edits, I have a lot of different edits of songs mm-hmm. that other DJs might not have. So when I play something and you hear it, another DJ can't do it. So if you like that, that mix or some of the transitions, there's not many places that you can go to hear it other than, you know, a party that I'm DJing or something like the auto noise. So, yeah. yeah. So um, I was definitely um, doing a lot of research, trying to figure out how can I make this playlist special, but not too far either side. I don't want to make it too urban where the people that does that don't appreciate urban music wouldn't enjoy it, yeah. and vice versa, you know. So, yeah. but um, just looking out at the crowd and everything, I know everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, whether whatever their music type, yeah, you know, preference is, yeah, like, like that said, was that's important. Music. Like you know, as a DJ, you got to be able to look into the crowd and mm-hmm. understand who's out there, and you know, try to uh, appeal to that. Yeah. yeah. What what type of stuff do you do in in and for the community? Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I hate to interrupt, but I had to tell you about a community that I'm a part of. It's called The Morning Meetup. It's where hundreds of entrepreneurs gather every single morning. Look, we share ideas. We motivate each other. We share our successes. It's the perfect environment for you to not only grow as an individual, but as an entrepreneur. It's hosted by my mentor, David Shands. It's every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. It's no better way to start your day. Look. We've got a book club. Imagine hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the exact same book on the exact same chapter. You get to discuss that book and share your thoughts. It's very motivating. It empowers you. and You're ready to start your day. You get all of that for only $1. After that, it goes to $79 a month. I have no doubts that you're going to want to stay and be a part of this community. Look, I'm there every single morning, 8 a.m. The only thing we're missing is you. The link is in the description. Go ahead, click the link. Try it out. Join the community. Look forward to seeing you in the morning. The reason I was asking is not um, necessarily for a kudos or something like that, mm-hmm. but because family is so important to you mm-hmm. and community is an extension of the family. Yeah. I was just, um, I, I know that people um, that that are in your circle that you associate with do a lot of stuff for the community. Mm-hmm. And so I just assumed that that was a big uh, and important thing for you. Yeah, I mean, it's so, so many things that, that could be done in the, in the community and everything that's that can be done in the community is, is also not always uh you know financial neither. Oh yeah. You know, so one thing that I have always said <clears throat> is I feel like I've been blessed to be in this position for something more than music. So mm-hmm. that's why if you follow me on social media and directly you see me promote family, you know, you see me um promote fatherhood, you see me promote, you know, being a a, a good husband. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, hip hop is not one of them things like when I was growing up in hip hop, you know, I, I used to always feel like, yo, um, you're not supposed to talk about having a wife or a girlfriend because you want the women 
to be attracted enough to you to come out to your events. Yeah. You know, um, but as I got older and I started to showcase my wife and, you know, share, you know, the diff- different things that we did together, I realized that people like that more, if just as much, if not more, than, you know, the single. Yeah, because like, it's you know, genuine. Yeah, it's genuine. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um to show that and 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 to have other men come to me, mm-hmm. other husbands, um, other fathers come to me and tell me how that inspires them to want to do things, you know, um, I think that's just as important because you're planting seeds mm. in the minds of, you know, men, women, kids to yeah. potentially make the the community a better place. Yeah. You know, how long you been married? I know it's over 20 years. Or- yeah, yeah. Well, no, we've been married now for 16 years. OK. We've been together for 24. OK. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'm- <laughs> you'll hear about yeah, it. Hear about it yeah. But um. How has that played a part in your success? Uh, marriage? Oh, yeah, marriage. Ha- having um, a relationship with a key person. And the reason I ask you that is because um, there's a, t- a statistic that shows that um, most executives and most uh, millionaires have somebody that they've been married to. Mm-hmm. And I think a key part of that is commitment. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to see how that ties into your life and the success you've had. Yeah, uh, my wife was around when I was telling her that one day I want to be on the radio. You know what I'm saying? So that's important to me because my wife fell in love with Lonnie Battle. She didn't fall in love or she wasn't attracted to the hype of Lonnie B because there was no hype of Lonnie B. When Mm -hmm. we met, I didn't even have a car. She was the one, you know, driving me around. She was the one that had to put, you know, the the, the apartments in her name and stuff. So, you know, she, she had no reason to say, I'm going to be with him because he's, you know, X, Y, Z. And um, she's always had my back and she's always, you know, held me down. Um, You know, one of the real defining moments, you know, when you start talking about marriage and partnerships, um, it was when I got sick, when I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, Hmm. That was that was a different space for me because, you know, being so used to being in front of all of the crowds and, you know, there was no crowds. There was no lights. There was me in a dark room by myself thinking to myself, I don't know which direction this is going to go. Is it about to take me out? Am I going to be all right? And the only person I had there was her. Yeah. You know, she was right there in, in the bed with me. Um, we fell in love with playing those, those iPhone games, like the the, the word scrabble and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that, that, <laughs> it was the best thing in the world for me. Like, mm. um, so much so between that and the conversations that we had in that time frame, I realized that if that was it and it was time for me to go, they could have rolled the credits and I would have been good. You know what I'm saying? And and that spoke volumes to um, how secure, how connected I felt, you know, to my wife and how important it is to have someone mm. like that. Because I don't know how I would have made it through that, you know, mentally without her being there. Yeah. You know? Definitely um good to have a support system, somebody well, there that can that can uh, be there for you. 100%. I know she she's always there at um, you know, every event you do. And mm-hmm. then another reason I asked that is because, like you said, in the in the space that you're in, yeah, you know, I, I I know a lot of um, you know rappers or DJs, and you know their their significant other isn't around. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think it's maybe for that reason they don't want to lose that that allure or that yeah you know, that kind of swag. But it's actually the 
the opposite mentality, like you were stating. Yeah, for me, um, the the main reason is honestly, mm-hmm. I just enjoy having my wife around. Like you know, um, there's yeah. that's the main reason. Like it's not because I want you to come and watch and see what I'm doing. Like I love to DJ and look over to the right and the, the VIP section and see my wife sitting there and see people, you know, uh, talking to her. There are certain people that know her or that have uh, built relationships with my wife based off of seeing her on my social media yeah. and approaching her like, wow, you know, I, I follow you. I feel like I know you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they're sitting there, you know, having drinks, drinking wine. To me, I love, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? Because as much as she is my wife, I love to see her um, in a space where she's her own individual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you play any sports when you were young? I used to play basketball. basketball. Um, I never, I didn't play for the school, but yeah. um I thought I was Jordan, you know. Jordan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, 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 I was a playground legend in the Broad Rock, uh, J.L. Francis area. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think around that time, this was like what between '89 and like '92. Mm-hmm. Like I was dunking. I was doing everything back then. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basketball is my favorite sport really? too. Uh, but yeah, I love. Did you I'm, play I'm, in school? Or anything? I'm not balling today. Yeah, I played. Um, I played in high school for a short time, uh-huh. but I quit sports because um, I got a job at McDonald's. Mm. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I felt money was more important to me than you know than playing a sport that I knew I wasn't good enough to get no D one scholarship or nothing like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna let this go and go get the, get the money. Yeah, get the I, money. I ain't mad at you. Ain't mad. Yeah, but I know um, a lot of people learn a lot of good lessons from organized sports too. Yeah, and um, you know, get some structure and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, something that I like to do on uh, Success Leaves Clues podcast, the purpose is to get a whole bunch of clues. Yeah. And um, a couple of things that I, I noticed from you is uh, you always put family first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you pursue your passion. Right. Mm-hmm. And then your brand, your brand means everything. And I think that everybody has a brand, whether mm-hmm. it is um, a business or whether it's DJing, music, anything. But even if you're just on a normal a nine to five job, you still have a brand. Your name still means something. Most definitely. And so I think that's a, a true key. I'm quite sure the guests will point out some other clues uh-huh. and, and get some things that can help them be successful. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that um, I know that is, is is powerful in this day and age is, yeah. is when building your brand is the power of social media. You okay. know, um, my wife hated, hated, hated when I post the kids on social media. She did not want me posting Aaliyah mm-hmm. and Alexis, you know, Lonnie on social media. But what she didn't understand was I started building their brands at a young age. So people watched Aaliyah and Alexis and my kids grow up on my social media. So when mm-hmm. Aaliyah becomes a DJ yeah, and you already have kids, you're like, I, that's Lonnie's little girl. Uh-huh. That's book, you know. You know, um, Lonnie's um, daughter and other people, you know, that, that see her from that, um, as well as your social media is like a reality TV show. Who okay. are you? Like, instead of doing what it is that you feel like you need to do to be popping, mm-hmm. be who you are, because what you're going to do is you're going to attract the people that care about the things that you're into. And right then you're building an audience. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like you say, you, you're in the, you're in the sports or um and you, you're, you're talking sports and you have a huge following of people that lo- love to hear you talk about sports. Um, and there's a big basketball tournament coming in town. Mm-hmm. Someone to come to you, like, I need, I want you to come be a part of it because they know if you come, everybody tune in to you talking about the sports. 
they acquire all that. But if you wasn't doing it, you wouldn't know that you had your own yeah. your audience. So it yeah, be it, resource people. yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so much, man. That a lot of people uh, take for granted when it comes to social media. Yeah, so that's, it's a very powerful tool. Yeah, but you got to use it the right way. You got to use it. Yeah. You got to use it the right way. And um, sometimes, uh, for me, what I found is being transparent, being honest and transparent, is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do in a day and age where everybody feels like everything is supposed to be so perfect. Okay. You know, it's, everything has to be the perfect selfie. Everything has to be this. Has to be that. But as soon as you take the opportunity to take off your mask mm-hmm. and show someone that you're not perfect, then you might get somebody else be like, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm not perfect neither. And and you know, I went through the same thing that you went through. And next thing you know, you have a whole audience of people who are coming to you because you're showing who you, you know, really the, who you really are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's so important, man. Yeah. You know. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. No, it's, and, uh, it's a pleasure, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, if you dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time on the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.